Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. The hiring power of relationship capital. See what I did there? Oh, I love that. Ah. Offers do not get turned down because of the money. They are turned down because you fail to understand who the person is and then demonstrate a mutual alignment of their career and personal goals to your organization. The truth is people turn down your offer because of the lack of care. Today's quote, the truth is... I'll never know all there is to know about you, just as you'll never know all there is to, to know about me. Humans are by nature too complicated to be understood fully, so we can choose to either approach our fellow humans with suspicion or approach them with an open mind and a dash of optimism and a great deal of candor. Any ideas that Dr. Dina Brown? Um, I'm going to take a guess that maybe Tom Hanks said that. You know what? You're so close. It was Tom Hanks. Oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes. We identify specific problem and provide proven tactical solutions to enable your company to win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Dr. Dina Brown. She's the CEO of DC Brown International, a leadership and growth company created to pioneer innovative strategies and transform organizations into culturally diverse ecosystems. Dr. Brown's trademark C3 blueprint, which I believe we're going to talk a little bit about yes, today, yes. <laughs> for success provides a strategic roadmap for organizational leaders to communicate and connect across a multi-generational workforce. Dr. Brown's body of work includes identifying and remediating leadership gaps that are barriers to innovation and growth, which is what makes her a perfect guest for today's topic. Dr. Dina Brown, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to bring such innovative insights and to be in the company as such an extraordinary gentleman. Woo! I love it. And so eloquently put, and of course, you're a 2 P. This is your second time on the show. <laughs> yes. So we're happy to have you back. Welcome back. All right. So today we're going to cover a couple things uh, regarding the hiring relationship. That's right. I said relationship because it is. Uh, we're going to talk about our approach. Then we're going to talk about how we humanize the process to gain a greater engagement and then the process to engage. Sound good to you? Sounds fantastic. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about our approach because I think that's where we should probably start. Why or what is the problem here? The biggest problem I see in the approach is that in the need to actually obtain, attract, and to acquire this top talent, that organizations and hiring managers in particular begin to think about the letters on the page instead of the person in the seat or the person coming into the actual office or experience and that the human factor involved. So our emotions are attached to it. So for it to be relational instead of transactional, that we have to begin to really look at the individual as a person that has fears, angst, anxieties, and needs and that's why they're there, too, so that it's a mutual interview. There's a mutual interaction when we talk about the approach to looking at a candidate to bring on to our company. But why is being transactional bad? 
I mean, every company is trans. I mean, okay, I'm not going to say every company, but most companies, the way in which this whole interview process goes down is kind of like a Tinder date, right? You're swiping right. <laughs> and essentially, it's a transaction. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it should be part of the process, not the singular aspect of what we look Got at it. it. Okay. It so should come at the end. It should come. It should be woven in so that it is seamless. So the fact that I have a process for bringing you on, bringing the interview, that's part of those transactions that we do. And we think about the process. But when I'm engaging with you and connecting with you, the power lies in the relationship. <laughs> I guess you on that one. So it's, I think, though, that the transactional piece should come in at the end and right. it should be sprinkled throughout, but it shouldn't be the main focus of what the hiring process is. And unfortunately, I find that most organizations treat it like a transactional mm-hmm. process. How do you define transaction? I think that that's going to have to be key. Hmm. When we say transaction, how do we define that? And that focus, has to be clear. Focused on the money and the perks. Ah, just focus the on the money and the perks. Yeah. Benefits. I mean, if you look at most of the job descriptions out there, you most of the marketing, that's what most of the attention is put toward. The marketing goes toward attracting people to the organization about saying how great our culture is, or how cool our ping pong table is, whatever kind of their benefits. They focus on those uh, those transactional components, the monetary transactional components, as opposed to what people are really looking for in their careers and solving that problem. Well, I'll, to add on to that, that's an aspect of that. But as you were speaking about what the transactions are, I don't think that it needs to come solely at the end because then there can be a disparity in understanding of what the job actually is. And that can lead to confusion later. So, and I, and I say that because in one of the current clients that I'm working with and doing some screening and looking at talent and for really, I mean, we're the state of unemployment is really low, especially in Orange County. And so it's really a hiring manager, eat hiring manager <laughs> um, it is. world out there. However, in speaking to potential candidates and phone screening and talking with them, they do ask in the very beginning, so what are the benefits? They do ask sure. about the compensation, but what they have shared, which is really powerful, is that they still share the fact that although those are key, that's important to me. First, I need you to understand that the culture and am I going to fit within your organization is my number one. And then that's coupled. And this is in the very beginning about, so now what's the benefits before I make a decision? Because it's very competitive. So the transaction is actually throughout. It's just that in doing the transaction, don't forget you're dealing with humans. That's where I think the disconnect is. How are we showing, how are we showing each person that we bring in yes. that our organization is going to be in alignment with what your goals are? Right. Do we, I think we do a poor job of demonstrating that piece. I think we, we lie a lot and that there's a lack of honesty. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what leads to problems well, later. Well, is it lying or just not knowing? No, I think it's lying. I think that there is um, I- implicit you know, biases that may exist. And there's some lying because I need, I want to get you in here. It's competitive. I need to fill this slot. I need to get a body in the seat because we are losing money because we cannot process the transaction part, the job that we need to do if this is what your job or firm actually does. And so we need a body in there. So I'm going to tell you that, yeah, you can show them that the benefits are great. And you can say, yes, yeah, so we also have flexibility. And so you're telling these lies in the very beginning and you're getting them excited. You can even say, our culture is phenomenal. Everybody loves us here. And then you get them in, you have them sign their offer letter and they walk in 
and bloop, they are dropped into a pit of hell. <laughs> I've gotten those calls. What the hell did I walk myself into? Right? I think <laughs> so that's, that's what I mean the lie. <laughs> yeah. Again, like the Tinder day, right? Yes. It's a really pretty picture. But when you get, when you, you show up on the date, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. it's like they're getting catfish. You're talking about that. You're getting catfish. Maybe we should change the title of this to catfishing. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. Right? You know, we can, it's your show. You can change it to anything because it still has the same meaning and the same power. And when we provide those particular tips, the problem remains the same is that what is the truth being told? in the beginning, that's going to help us build an authentic relationship. Well, let's shit, let's go down that road a little bit mm -hmm. because this is really important, right? Okay, so is it us lying or is it us not knowing? The, the executive level will have an idea of what their culture, like their cultural values are. They pick words out of a hat and put it up <laughs> over, the, over the desk and that's what they are trying to live by. But that's not necessarily, there's, there's usually a misalignment there. I will still say lying for um, $2, Chuck. And I'll okay. say that why? Because if you stated that this is what your mission, vision, and values are, and you don't live by them, you don't, that's not the real truth of the matter. <laughs> and you're not taking, again, ignorance is not bliss. And it's not expected in an organization when you're attracting people and you're telling them this. Now, here's something different that you can say. I know we're going to talk about solutions, but when we're talking about the problem, why I say it's lying. So someone can ask you, really, what is the culture like here? Because they ask that question a lot. And you can use the term, it's dynamic. We're really, it's, it's changing. We have new people. We have some challenges. However, we want to bring in individuals like you. That's going to help us make some shifts because what we do understand from speaking, talking, and, and building relationships with our employees is that we have some areas that we need to improve on. Mm -hmm. Very different then say, oh, it's fantastic. Everybody loves it here. And you go on Glassdoor or Monster or wherever else, and they are reaming you <laughs> for having one of the worst cultures that you don't even care about the people. I think transparency yes. is a huge thing. Right. I think actually being dynamic is a little bit misleading. Mm -hmm. You should be honest about what your culture is. Because people, if people know what they're walking themselves into, hey, look, we have a cultural issue here. However, we're working really hard to fix it. And here's why we need somebody like yourself. I think when people have those, um, those expectations up front and they get in, it's usually not as bad as what they think that they are. And they usually right. will flourish in that environment. It's that when they start on day one and they find out, you know, the water cooler talk starts to go on, that's when they run into a lot of trouble. But hence dynamic, which means change, you know, and that's all. <laughs> and that's what it is, is that it's changing, which you still follow up by what are the holes? What are the gaps? What are like you exactly what you said is that here's what it is, because what I will not do is I, I will not speak death into the relationship. And so I'll speak life into it. And really what people want and that human factor, they want to know that they're needed. So when I tell them that sure. you, I need you to be part of this change. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Now you're approaching me at a whole different level and you're saying that I matter and you're saying I matter from day one. See, I think that draws <laughs> a lot of people in. Right. And that's being transparent. Yes. Okay, you're listening to the Higher Power <laughs> Radio Show. I'm Rick Girard. We're going to take a quick break for an educational moment from our sponsors. Welcome back. So we are talking to our guest today, Dr. Dina Brown. She's the CEO of DC Brown International. And we are talking about the hiring power of relationship capital. But uh, the subtitle is You've Been Catfished. Yes! <laughs> so, <laughs> Yes. That's where we're going with this one. All right. So um, we talked a little bit about the this kind of the issues there. Now we're going to talk about really what, what the solutions are. So mm -hmm. 
What do we do about this, Dr. Brown? Well, you started speaking to that before about being transparent is where you start. Yeah. Is being transparent. And that starts before you invite someone in for an interview or phone screening. And like you said, going back through your manager levels or whether it's the C-suite or whoever's involved in the process and the decision makers and saying, okay, here's what's really going on and asking those particular questions. I think it starts there so that you don't lie or you don't catfish anyone and that everybody's on the same sheet of music or is this where we're growing to? Or are you saying that this is where well, we really need people? You have to, have to become been. aware first. You, though, that's right? part of that. That's, that's the awareness. There's usually a disconnect because I see a lot of leaders that I, their idea of what their culture is, is very different than everybody below them. Because the truth hurts and right? it gets ugly, especially when they're going to talk about you. And so you have to be courageous enough and <laughs> that as a leader and conscious enough as a leader and passionate enough as a leader to say that I'm going to probably hear some things. That, that I, don't, I like. don't like, but because it's really about a higher <laughs> power that I have to answer to. I like that. Um, but what? <laughs> but it's, it's really, what do I really want? And what am I willing to do to make sure that my organization is one that others want to aspire to join and to be? And so you have to kind of look at some hard truths in that. So how does a leader become aware? This is off topic. Listen, listen, ask questions, ask questions, get out of the office, get out of a thousand meetings. And I have a whole new segment on meetings. When you surround yourself with a bunch of yes people sometimes, which a lot of leaders tend to do sometimes or managers tend to do, then they're not necessarily getting the truth. Get a coach and you can call me and I'd love to work with you to help you get some answers. But <laughs> See, look at what we just said <laughs> right there. Right. But beyond that is beginning to look who you have surround yourself. You were like a thousand percent correct. Look who you are surrounding yourself with, but ask this question about yourself because it still goes back to you. Why do these people feel that they need to be yes people? Is this saying more about them or say more about you as a leader? Oh, it says more about you as a leader. Absolutely. So who do you need to change? <laughs> yourself. You know, yourself yeah. as a leader. So it has to start with you, but it also gets, get out. And when I, from my old principal days, we would get from our superintendent and say, when you have to follow up on a situation and they said, don't discredit everything as just being noise and said, where there's smoke, there's usually going to be a fire to go check it out. Be the fireman with the hose, go out and start talking to people, real people outside of your immediate circle so that you can kind of get their insight and you have to begin to build that relationship because trust is a huge factor. Okay. So what if you have the problem with trust from the perspective of people don't trust you to give that. Maybe you find somebody else who you do trust to go out and gather that information for you. Well, that is one possibility. Depending on the circumstances, situation, it might vary. Because as the leader, everything rises and falls on leadership. Okay, that's what my mentor, John Maxwell, always tells us when we're speaking. So I'm still going to go back to the leader. If I'm always diverting to someone else to get the answers or to deliver the story, then where am I showing up? Okay. True that. <laughs> where am I showing up? So how are they going to, leadership is about influence, pure and simple. So how do I begin to build that relationship? Part of it, you might go have a wingman, since we're talking about catfishing and dating and, and going out, you might have a person that you go with, but people have to begin to see you to begin to build a relationship, to trust you, to know that if the buck stops with you, but you're never in the store exchanging money. <laughs> I mean, so you have to get out there and it's going to take time. It's not going to be an overnight process. Oftentimes people want it to be overnight, instantaneous. Trust me today because I said this, but people are watching you. Right. So I'm talking about my C3 piece that's, you know, coming up is that the clarity in your message is really key. That consciousness awareness that you're talking about is instrumental, but the consistency that you bring to the table as a leader, 
that's where your power lies. Ooh, she just dropped the three C's on us. Okay, what, <laughs> go ahead. Look, the three C's are well, full the, the C three blueprint actually actually is an exponential three. So there's actually nine C categories, but I love to focus initially on the baseline threes, which is clarity. That means your mission, vision, and values are very clear. Who are you? And do I get to see that in the way that you make decisions, the way that you interact with me, the way that you um, even spend the money in the organization? And for this um, model, then I'll use the C um, what we talked about, um, consciousness, that sense of awareness. And do I understand what my gaps and what my blind spots are? But do I also understand where my strength lies? So it's not just about finding the negative in consciousness. It's also identifying your strengths and being able to utilize that for leverage. And the third C always hands down is consistency. People can't know, like, and trust you if they don't know who you're going to be today. Wait, what was the second C? The second C is consciousness. Consciousness. Okay. Right. And that third one is consistency. And if you think about any aspect of your life, your business, your relationships, where any of those are missing, then it's not the best life. Something's wrong. And if you think about where everything's been really, really great, all three of those things are present. Break down clarity right. from the hiring perspective, because we, we touched upon this. Mm-hmm. So how does a company gain clarity right now in their hiring process? Being transparent, I think, is a huge piece right. of it. Uh, being honest with who you are as a leader or a leadership team. Right. What, what am I missing here? And I think one of the goals and what the mission is, is that we can have a vision And we can state our values, but if people aren't clear about what our mission is, what are we trying to gain? And that's where, when you're hiring people, does their mission, vision, and values that they have for their own life parallel, okay, to the ones of the organization? And so it's a... And you can't be afraid to not hire people because they don't align with it. Right. Well... your Your need to actually get the seat filled is important, but the fact of the matter is hiring the wrong person can really dismantle an organization if you especially right but I, I see it a little bit differently in in how you define those things so i see where the point that you're making but my meaning is a little and my construct is a little bit different for instance if we state that our mission as an organization is to um empower people to make conscious decisions to do a b c or d but yet i'm going to bring on someone who says well i really just like to hide in the corner And I don't, I just, uh, there's nothing really that I really want, you know, to do. I really don't see myself as being part of the team and you hire them, then what's going to happen to your team dynamics? I agree with you. So no, that's what I'm saying. So that's what I mean by that. What I love to see is hiring divergent thinkers about how we're going to accomplish that mission um, that we have. And so don't be afraid to do that. That's the clarity when you really truly know who you are. So 50% of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. So you have to be very clear about that. So you can be very confident in how you execute and very consistent in your actions. So I know that I'm not a man with a nice head of hair. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest here. <laughs> For all you can't see me on, on the radio. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a nice head of hair. But I can swim faster than most people Absolutely. that have hair. Because your hair's like a bullet through the wall. <laughs> I am hydrodynamic. And, and that unique aspect of who you are brings power to the team. And so that's what I mean. Like, you don't have to have people all the same. We're not trying to do cookie cutter when you are adding people to the team. And oftentimes, if you really want to be transparent, people tend to hire people that remind them of themselves. 
And that's where they go wrong. Exactly. You don't need <laughs> you don't need a bunch of yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> I often think there was a movie with Michael Keaton years ago where he cloned himself and it was just nothing but problems. Do you remember that? I do. It was like a long time ago. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> yeah. So consciousness is kind of where we just we just cover it. And inconsistency. Right. The leadership level, especially in hiring, there's a lot of inconsistencies that go on. So you really need to hold true to your, your corporate values and what you need as an organization. And this is why I'm saying don't make the hire because you need to put somebody in the yes. seat. Make the hire because that person's going to enhance the organization. Mm-hmm. And divergent thinking, yes, right? But <laughs> somebody's still got to fit within the parameters of what the organization is. Absolutely, And yes. that's tricky sometimes. Oh, that's it's very tricky. tricky this, was, this was easy. They wouldn't need people like us right? <laughs> to come in and tell them how to help them out how to do it, so how to true. figure that out. But... When we also talk about consistency, we have to think about expectations and responsibilities too. And that's more where that transactional piece, I think, would come in, where you say, where's transa- transactions? Where does it really begin to fit? Is that we talk about roles, responsibilities, and expectations. And I'm very consistent on what I expect for everyone I'm going to add to the team. But to me, that's not part of a transaction. That's just part of maybe the performance metrics or what the aspects of the, the role are mm-hmm. and how they evolve. Yes, but when I'm bringing someone in, And I'm interviewing them because I'm a hiring manager and I'm sharing (laughs) what those things are. So we talked about, like you said, the benefits and the salary. I'm going to be paid. That's where the transaction part as far as responsibilities and expectations to do this. Correct. And so the information that is shared about how I'm going to be compensated for the task responsibilities, the duties that you have and the expectations you have for me as an employee there's that transactional piece because why it now aligns to a salary and a dollar amount that you're setting. Yes. But when, <laughs> when that person gets to the end of the process, yes. too, if you've done a very good job of connecting to the dots for that person, mm-hmm. that person understands how just above and beyond the money, this opportunity will help enhance their career, their growth, their, their, their quality of life in general, mm-hmm. then that becomes a less important piece than, hey, we need you to come in, fill this job. And here's the money. Yes and no. I agree with everything that you've just said, but I'm going to add another a caveat to that. When we hire people, and again, of course, we're being transparent, we're honest, and we really need them to do the job of five people, <laughs> but we told them that they're, they're coming be in. paid for half a person. For half a person, <laughs> yeah. right? There's that consistency. That's what did you say? Okay. <laughs> but that's part of that. What are our mission, vision, and values? How are we aware what our real needs are as an organization? What are our real needs? during this time and this season for this hire for this part of the team to get to our next level. And then again, when we're bringing people on, are we sharing a consistent message about what we expect of them and what their job would actually be? So if you're going to be playing multiple roles and multiple hats, then share that. But then don't tell Jim when he comes in, Jim, because then I don't want to talk necessarily about, you know, how we treat variance between women and age relationships and all that. And we say, Jim, when you come in, we're going to have you doing this. Now, same job posting, same process that we got going on. And then we had Jill come in and Jill had a whole different experience about what her expectations were. And then we had Millie, who happens to be 25 years old. We gave her something different. Oh, okay. That's number (laughs) one. That's just lazy and taking your old job description and keep recycling it, right? But number two, set performance metrics for each person so that within a 90-day to six-month window, that person understands what they need to achieve in order for them to be successful or be evaluated even in the role. Right. 
So the performance metrics, when do you begin to share that as far as what the expectations are? Oh, so kind Absolutely, of... Absolutely, 100%. Should so, be in your job description. Okay, should be in your job description. But usually people say, I read the job description. Now, is there anything Most else? Most job descriptions don't have performance metrics. Absolutely. Being put in them, yes. Which is why they need to hire you to come in and help them make sure right. that they are setting um, those up and so they can set themselves up for success. And but, it's not that difficult of a conversation to sit down and do that. I just think that we are not conditioned to do that. Right. Which talks about the mindset piece. So yep. we're saying that we keep thinking we forget and that awareness piece. So it all goes back to, again, when I said those three C's, what's missing from that? <laughs> Clarity. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Clarity is really the first piece on a lot of these, It's always the first piece to that. It's always the first piece. Um, Clear about what your needs are and how you want that person to solve whatever problem your organization is currently dealing with. I find that most startups don't know. They just know that they have a hole in the boat and they need somebody to come fill it. And they're willing to kind of really just stick anybody who's going to plug that hole. And that's where you run into issues. Right. All right. Give me your three takeaways on this. By the way, great. Wow, um, my takeaways. Yeah. We're, We've had we're, such a great... We're getting uh, speeded <laughs> up here from Paul, our uh, uh, yes. Okay. So the takeaways. Number one is really care about the relationship and that although there are transactions that are necessary in the exchange, the human part of that is a key aspect of that. Okay. That's where it, it holds. Making yeah, sure you're hiring more, humans being human. You're hi- well, in an age of AI, but we won't go there. But yes, don't forget the human factor. Well, those jobs are all going away. <laughs> yes. And then two, having very clear values. Um, be who you say you are. That's your what's what your mission, vision, and value statement is that you put on your website, you have on your business card, and you have emblazoned across the front of your company. Make sure that you are who you say you are. As a leader, absolutely. As a, as a leader and as an organization. And that you're hiring people that, again, align with that. Well, I think if you have a bad culture or if you have a culture that's not working, it always comes from the CEO down. Absolutely. Yes, that's a whole other show. And then provide (laughs) growth opportunities to augment or improve whatever area that is needed. So for your um, internal customers, and again, I say customers because they are, we also always deal on the external, is that do you have growth opportunities? Do you have an opportunity for them to find their gaps or blind spots and work on them? Well, that's what gets people to lean into your organization. Right. If you need somebody to come in and do the exact same work that they're doing in a different company, then the only thing that you really have is higher compensation. Right. But if you've got the ability for them to grow in their career, do something better or, you know, something that's going to give them some sort of what they're looking for out of their career. But also help you innovate. And so as they continue to level up, so will your organization. And so find ways that you incorporate that as part of the process from day one, identifying what those needs are and helping people grow to their next level. And boom, with that, we are going to have to conclude. We're just about out of time for today's show. Dina, thanks so much for your time investment today. And welcome to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, I'm sure that um, some of the members of our community are going to want to reach out to you and find you. How do they reach you? You can reach me at www.dbcoachingandconsulting.com. And you can definitely follow me on Instagram at Dr. Dina Speaks on Instagram and Twitter. But if you really, truly want to connect with me, listen to my podcast, Walking Through Glass. Yes, it's uh, an awesome <laughs> podcast, by the way. We didn't yes. even mention that. I'm sorry. We didn't even mention that, but that's okay. It's a phenomenal piece, though. It's also the same title of my upcoming book, Walking Through Glass, The Ultimate Guide to Be Sane, Sexy, and Significant in a Male-Dominated World. 
You know, I should be on that <laughs> since I'm sexy and a male dog. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. I want to thank our, our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. Hey, we're so appreciative of the feedback that you guys have been giving us. After all, this show's for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O, dot com, or you can reach me at Rick at Stride Search to learn about our webinars and upcoming workshops. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Steve Higginbotham. Steve is actually a branch manager over at Volt Workforce Solutions. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.